Hello, this is Nick Lucas from Advocates for Urban Agriculture. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. <laughs> that was awesome. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 20 years and counting as Chicago's go-to deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Sunday morning on Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will... Good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 847-A new secure line has been opened for communication. 877-711-5611. Now back to American Radio Broadcast. On Facebook and Instagram at The Mike Novak Show and at Mike Now on Twitter. And here they are. She's lean and he's green. Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Are in demand? In demand. In demand, something like that. Are they in demand? Is that what we're talking about? They're in demand and that Russian guy jumping in every every week gets me there. Wow. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> we're back. The Mike Novak Show live again in studio. It's so nice to be home. Last week we were at the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. Uh, same crews here, though. We got uh, Sonar uh, spinning the dials out there, and and Ellie is uh, in the studio. And we're going to jump right into things this morning because we have a ton of stuff on the show. We don't even have time to tell you what's on the rest of the show because we want to do uh, a, a very, very quick but fun interview right now so let's let's go to the phone line and uh bring in paul anthony lopachinsky paul are you with us this morning i am and you said my last name so well thank you so much <laughs> hey hey paul i'm a paisan i'm a novak here okay so uh, perfect <laughs> and uh, uh except i wanted to do the sort of tom lehrer i don't know the lobachevsky kind of thing but uh <laughs> Uh, you're you're Lopachinsky, and he's the senior manager of creative production for Macy's. And yes, we just did a flower show last week at uh, Navy Pier, the mm -hmm. Chicago Flower and Garden Show, and Peggy and I broadcast live from there uh, and had a great time. But today is the start of yet another flower show in Chicago. So if you missed the one last week, you get to go down to Macy's on State Street in Chicago and see their flower show. And you oversee the team, uh, Paul Anthony, that produces the flower show uh, and also, and Santa Land, as a matter give Give a ding to Santa Land. There we go. Uh, tell, me, <laughs> tell me a little bit about the show that's, that starts today. Uh, I know that uh, you have a fairy tale theme, right? We do. Actually, I want to say one thing is that our show starts today and runs to April 8th. And guess what? It is free and open to the public. There are no tickets, no admission fees, nothing. We want you to come and enjoy the show for free and walk around and enjoy all the flowers. Oh, that's wonderful. That's fabulous. Our, our theme this year is uh, Once Upon a Springtime, and it is our original fairy tale, Come to Life Through Floral. 
And I went online to look at it. You even have a book, uh, a story that's been written for this particular theme, Once Upon a Springtime. And then what you do is you you take the elements in the book and you bring them to life mm-hmm. uh, in uh, in Macy's. So tell us about what, when folks walk in on the, the first floor, what are, the, what are some of the gardens they're going to see? We have a bunch of different gardens throughout the entire store. And on the first floor, State Street side, we have an enchanted, guard, an enchanted garden forest. And there's a traveler's wagon and fairy godmother's uh, cottage. And over that, and it's right under our Tiffany Dome, and there's like 1,600 feather butterflies hanging below our Tiffany Dome. Wow. Um, that's part of the story. We also have Springs Castle, where her residence is, and her evil sister, the Snow Queen's Castle across <laughs> the way, and the Meadows. So there's there's something all over the store. We even have gardens planted on the second through seventh floor by the escalator bridge. We have our sponsor gardens on the fifth floor in the kids department, which is the Girl Scouts of America and Homewood Suites. And we even have our historic walnut room planted in fresh flowers in a lagoon theme, especially with the mermaid tail that's diving into the flowers there at the uh, fountain. And uh, this runs for two weeks. How are you going to keep all the flowers fresh? We water every night, and we switch out every night. So we we take care of it. You'll start to see, um, if you come today, a lot of the flowers are closed, and as they gradually open and bloom, we have switch outs to go throughout. So we always tell people to come back time after time during the two weeks to see it really come to life and as we switch things out. And uh, we should let folks know that uh, uh, during the two weeks, and the only day you're going to be closed, of course, is next Sunday, because that's Easter Sunday. Um, Correct. And uh, you're going to have dance performances, leaf readings, floral paintings, chef demos, tours, all kinds of stuff going on. And as you said, it's all absolutely free, isn't it? That is correct. We, Our special events team have taken this fairy tale theme and really brought some great things to life. There's even a how to be a prince and princess classes for kids. There's macrame, dancing, and they can everybody can go to Macy's.com backslash flower show to get all the different events that happen throughout the, the two weeks. All right, uh, Paul Anthony, I also have that information on my website, MikeNovak.net. Uh, you can go there. Gosh, I wish we had more time, because but I know you have to catch a plane. We have other stuff to do on the show. But I was, I'm so happy we were man, we managed to get this out and talk to mm-hmm. people. Go to Macy's on State Street starting today. Paul Anthony Lopachinsky, go catch a plane, and uh, I can't wait to go down and see it myself. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much, and have a great day. All Thanks, right. Paul. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Ego Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. 
This is Mike Novak, tree keeper number 417, inviting you to register for the Openlands Tree Keepers Spring Course. Tree keepers are trained volunteers who advocate and care for nature's most majestic plants, trees, around the Chicago area. The eight-day course covers topics like tree planting, mulching, pruning, pests and diseases, and more. The course will be held Sundays and Thursdays, April 8th through May 3rd at the Washington Park Fieldhouse in Chicago. To learn more, visit openlands.org slash treekeepers. After a big party is over, the people get to go home, but all the decorations get thrown in the trash. That's why there's random acts of flowers. RAF collects flowers used at weddings, memorial services, and community events, then repurposes them into beautiful bouquets to deliver to people in healthcare facilities. It's a small and simple gesture, but when you see the smiles on people's faces, it's more than worth it. To learn more, call 847-430-4751 or go online at rafchicago.org. That sound you hear is my time machine letting me know it's time to return to our own world. This is your talk, WCGO. Hang on. You know, that's what it feels like uh, this morning. It's like, like there's an elephant just sort of wandering through here. Uh, the first few minutes have been a little crazy. Well, uh, and now that we have just a few minutes, we can relax. We've got our guests in the studio mm-hmm. here. We needed to get that uh, interview in quickly uh, for the Macy's Flower Show because uh, poor Paul Anthony had to catch a, a flight. And he's, he's probably getting on the plane right now. I think right he now. is right this second probably doing that. Um, but uh, we have, boy, have we got a lot of stuff on the show. Our two guests right now are Peggy McGrath and David Holmquist. They're from Go Green Oak Park, and in just a second, we're going to be talking about some issues they're dealing with that are near and dear to my heart, uh, which is why when Peggy McGrath wrote, and I'm going to have issues here with Peggy and Peggy (laughs) just standing right next to each other there, too. But when Peggy McGrath wrote to me, I said, yeah, yeah, we got to you got to come on the show and talk about this because this is stuff that I've talked about mm-hmm. before. And interestingly, it's sort of it's there's so many environmental issues out there. Sometimes they drop off of your radar. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, yeah, I remember this one. I've talked about this a lot in the past and then hadn't mm-hmm. thought about it in a while. Mm-hmm. And we and unfortunately, you have to keep juggling all those balls. You got to keep mm-hmm. them in the air yes, at all time. You can't mm-hmm. let them drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm so glad that uh, Oak Park is doing that. So we'll be with you guys in just a second. But I want to let folks know that also on today's show, we get to the second hour. Uh, we've got the science desk uh, back here. Wait a second. I've got science. Uh, that is because we have uh, Michelle Hoffman back in studio at the science desk, and uh, she's bringing her son Ryan mm-hmm. as well. And she's a, be she's about to hit. Well, I wanted to say the road, but no, she's about to hit the waves. She's about to set sail. Set sail for Alaska, uh, and her film, which is going to come out any year now, <laughs> Microcosm. <laughs> well, she, she promised 2018. We she, have a lot of days left this she year. She did say 2018. I wonder if that'll happen. But there are other things going on with it, uh, and uh, she's going to be here. Uh, to talk about the latest journey up to the Gulf of Alaska to do research, dive into the ocean, see the uh, the microscopic and macroscopic creatures there, and put it in the film. Um, and also how you, citizen scientists, can get involved in the trip. Kids, 
and adults. Virtual learning. Yeah, really mm-hmm. cool. Actually, I want real. I want her to take me with her. Right? <laughs> I, I know. Want, I saw I wanna, that. I, I'm like, I want to go. I want to go to Alaska <laughs> on the big boat there. I guess they call it a ship, don't they? Um, but anyway, so Michelle's here. And then uh, uh, more good news from Jessica Chipkin uh, of Crate Free, Illinois. It's an animal welfare nonprofit. Uh, you might be aware of them. They've had what they can consider a victory uh, and it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, they delivered a bunch of petitions to uh, Trader Joe's, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. trying to get Trader Joe's uh, to stop uh, selling pork that is is harvested from uh, uh, animals that were kept in crates. Mm-hmm. Crate gestation. In, in gestation crates. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. they had uh, some really good news about that recently. So she's going to be on the show with uh, Christy Slaby, who was uh, part of the... Uh, group that went out to California to talk to the folks at Trader Joe's, and of course at Rick DeMaio, uh, at uh, and and he and and he and I <laughs> are going to have a little uh, talk because uh, Loyola. He of course he teaches at Loyola, and the Ramblers are going to the Final Four. But guess what? And you, Peggy was at Loyola when they won the championship in '63. Oh my goodness! How cool is that? You get a ding for that. Thank you. And guess what? I went to the University of Michigan, so I'm the only one that gets to ding that. So I, I look at, I look at it this way. Uh, no matter who wins, I win. I don't care, really. I know you're supposed to root for the, your, your alma mater. Oh, I, you're getting a bunch of likes there. I'm so excited about the game itself. Whoever wins, I'm happy. So this is like the best possible outcome. You know, so one of those teams is going to the championship game, and either way, I'm like, yay, okay, this is good. Let's and go. nobody has either team's colors on here no. today either. Uh-huh. That's strange. No, I don't wear. I, I, I don't. I don't do that stuff. I don't wear caps and the, the sweatshirts mm. and stuff. Nope, that's not happening. No I'll bumper stick stickers. Stick to my Northwestern so. water bottle. That's about it. So I'm sure Mr. DeMaio will have a few things to say about that. So let's uh, get back here into the studio with our guests, Peggy McGrath, David Holmquist. Um, and uh, let's start with an email, uh, Peggy, that you sent me. And you said that uh, there's a group in Oak Park called Go Green Oak Park. Mm-hmm. First of all, tell us about Go Green Oak Park and, and what do they do? Well, it's a group of uh, citizens who are concerned, all volunteers who are concerned about, we're really focused on pesticides, per se, toxic chemicals, um, because I still feel, and David does too, it's way under the radar, um, and so we have focused on two things. One is on educating opportunities, which is why we invited Dr. Theory Vrain down. And the second one is because is the focus is on uh, preemption, uh, where David will talk more about that. But it's where we, in 43 states, local communities cannot regulate toxic chemicals. So that's, uh, that's what's called preemption. Yeah, well, uh, we'll explain that in a second. What's sure. your background in this, by the way? Uh, well, I have a very just, just a concerned citizen, or well, I have an undergraduate degree in nursing, but um, I've been in you know concerned about the environment for a long time. We had a house twenty five years ago. We had a house where we it was a few acres, and we kept it basically natural and or didn't use any chemicals, and also used nature natural you know uh, native plants. Mm-hmm. So that was the involvement. But it was really uh, the whole idea of getting really more active came about uh, eight nine years ago. 
And then I read again uh, Rachel Carson's book *Silent Spring* mm-hmm. to find that it was that we you could be reading it today and nothing else has changed. So that's really where we became more involved with not only, as I said, educational opportunities, but also we have to change some policies, laws. Oh yeah, David, uh, you are uh, part of Go Green. Oak Park as well, but you and I have met under other circumstances, and you've got uh, involvement in other activities. Uh, well, m- my day job is as a Great Lakes Regional Coordinator for an organization called Citizens Climate Lobby, but that's a different, maybe a different but interview. Not, but it's not really. I mean, you, you keep saying that. You said that out in the, in the in the lobby, and my feeling is, no, 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 no. It's all connected. You use that the, what you learn in that situation mm-hmm. to, and bring it to bear for Go Green Oak Park. In terms of, of activist strategy, that's true. But when Amen. I say it's separate, <laughs> when I say it's separate, I mean organizationally separate. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what, what the two issues really have in common is that they're both offshoots of our reliance on fossil fuels and mm-hmm. petrochemicals. Mm-hmm. So that's where my interest arose. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about that issue. And, and you and you talked about preemption. And and, and here's the deal, folks, uh, in case you didn't know this. And if you go to my website, Mike Novak dot net, uh, I put a map up there that uh, an organiza- organization called Beyond Pesticides has put together. Yeah. And it shows preemption in the United States. You go, oh, OK, what's preemption? All right. Uh, because, uh, as Peggy mentioned earlier, uh, 43 states. Uh, have passed laws, preemption laws. And it means basically uh, you've got a law. Let's say you've got a pesticide Mm -hmm. law um, uh, on the state level. And then a municipality, let's say Oak Park, Mm -hmm. decides that it wants a stronger law. Uh, They can't pass it Mm -hmm. because the state has said, nope, no, 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 no. We pass all. We got it covered. Everything you need is at the state level. Mm -hmm. And we are going to prohibit you from passing the state law. Is this good for democracy? Well, I don't think so. No. no. It's mm-hmm. just, and you see this all you see this not only in terms of pesticides. Mm-hmm. In this case we're talking about pesticide laws, but as it has happened all across the country, you know, pretty much the people who get in power who don't believe in democracy and don't believe in people having their own voice on a local level, mm-hmm. they pass these preemption laws so that they can control them. You know, right. these are often the same people who say uh, states' rights. They're claiming states' rights. Mm-hmm. And then when it goes, extends to a lower level, they go, oh, no, 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 not so much, mm-hmm. not so much, because we want to control mm-hmm. you. And and that's what it's about. It's about power. It's about control. Because mm-hmm. if in, in, in a real democracy, you would let a local municipality do what it needs to do for its own citizens. And, and of course, their argument is, Oh, no, we can't have the. Here's the word they always use patchwork. Oh, no, mm-hmm. we can't have a patchwork of different laws because our companies will lose money. And that's what it always mm-hmm. boils down to. So they expose themselves when they say that because basically it's like, oh, I get it. Uh, you don't want the pesticide industry to lose money, which means you're beholden to the pesticide industry. To me, that's the end of the argument. We're done. Let's mm-hmm. move on and, and get rid of the preemption laws. So in Oak Park, You've you you put together a petition that you're sending to the General Assembly. Well, we, it isn't gone, hasn't gotten that far yet. But what okay. we've done is we have a resolution that we developed that O'Park and Evanston have both voted for those trustees. But we are needing many, many more municipalities to to sign on also. So we have enough of a push for the. So General where Assembly. where where is it right now? What the, stage are you in? Well, we just have two municipalities who've signed on. So we have a lot and, of work to do. And what the, <laughs> yes, you do. Well, and the other is Evanston, right? Evanston, correct. Mm-hmm. Right. And the the 
resol- what, what we're asking is that citizens go to their city councils, boards of trustees, and ask them to pass a non-binding resolution calling on the Illinois General Assembly to amend the Pesticide Act. Well, they to, can't make it a binding resolution because yeah. the law right. already preempts right. that. That's right. But what they're what we want them to do is ask, call on the legislature to amend the Pesticide Act to remove the preemption clause that was inserted back in 1995. Mm-hmm. The, the Pesticide Act goes back to the 1970s. And a brief history of this is that in 1991, there were two cases that happened. One was in Canada where the town of Hudson in Quebec had passed a law to regulate pesticides, basically ban pesticide Mm -hmm. use in their community. Uh, The chemical industry, lawn chemical industry, then Chemlawn, which is now calls itself True Green, um, took Hudson to court in Canada. The case went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Hudson. Um, They established under the precautionary principle the authority of local communities to regulate pesticides. Well, the Chemlon didn't want to see that happen in the United States. So they came down here um, uh, and started a, a campaign to to insert these preemptive clauses or preemptive laws into the Pesticide Acts at the state level. And they accomplished that in 43 states. And also in 1991, there was a Supreme Court case having to do with pesticide, local pesticide regulation in Wisconsin that adjudicated the issue of whether federal law on pesticide regulation preempted local control. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. Supreme Court said that it didn't, that, that, it, that, that there was nothing in federal law that preempted local pesticide regulation unless there was a specific state law that preempted Right, and, and that's why that's why the industry went to the states. Yeah, from what I understand, uh, the order thing. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Is that the the U.S. Supreme Court passed the law and said, yeah, you can have you can uh, uh, have a law that is tougher than a, a federal law, and at that point, the pesticide industry said, uh oh, mm-hmm. all right, we got to let's get the money, get the troops. Uh, we're going to go out there and we're going to lobby all these different st- – and, and the, the effectiveness of it is stunning that they did it so quickly. And then, bam, suddenly 43 states have these preemption laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, in, and, in 1991, the state of Illinois, the, the attorney general, fi- filed a friend of the court brief on that U.S. Supreme Court case arguing in favor of local of local control of pesticides – Four years later, we had the, we had the preemptive amendment. I, I'm kind passed. of surprised that Illinois passed it. But now, at and from what I saw, it was 1983. Was it before the night? I saw I saw a 1983 in there, and I'm not sure if that was. Mm, no, yeah. I, it, that might. I'm not sure exactly where that is. It might. Oh, because it might, I, might have been in an earlier. It, it it might have been an error in an earlier version of our resolution. Yeah. Well, also, it's just, the, you know, the reality of how they do it, that even senators don't even know that it's in there. That We've had that experience. The senators, state senators, weren't even aware it was in there. It was just uh, added to mean, another bill. You mean bill. At, at the time or now? At, at the time. Yeah, it could have been at added to another bill. It just slid in there. That's how I... Yeah, well, that's that's how... That's the beauty of, uh, of, of democracy <laughs> That would never happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so uh, so here we are in 2018, and uh, now the grassroots grassroots have to rise up and say, Correct. okay. Uh, and this is a long, laborious 
process, mm-hmm. as, right. as you've uh, indicated. Yes, right. and the other side of it is to educate people that it is really a, a big, huge, horrendously moral issue, uh, because that's why we've invited Dr. Thierry Brain down. He's a genetic engineer, retired from Canada, and he's, if you don't remember anything else, which he and many, many other scientists are also saying, is that it isn't the, the uh, engineering, it's the glyphosate that's sprayed on the plants. Uh, so yeah, we will talk about that in a second. Sure. Uh, again, uh, in the studio, we have uh, we're going to break here and, uh, and get back uh, with another segment uh, with Peggy McGrath and David Holmquist from Go Green Oak Park talking about pesticide preemption laws. I got to take care of a little business before we do that. Um, I've been out in my backyard lately, by the way, which does not have any chemicals on it of any kind. You'll be happy to know. Uh, now, I haven't been doing a, a lot. Ding for that. Well, thank you. <laughs> And I've been looking for signs that anything survived the winter, of course. This is what <laughs> I do. And the chipmunks and the squirrels. Yeah, and the... I'm a little paranoid, of course. Uh, the plants that have caught my eye lately are my golden Alexanders. The leaves are just starting to appear, and I know that this native will be spreading its wings and sending up flower stalks as spring progresses. Now, if you have tough soil, you should probably have some of this plant in your yard. Mm-hmm. And you can read about it in the latest issue of Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. A lot of native plants with flowers aren't sissies. They can handle that northern Illinois clay soil. Speaking of sissies, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue. I'm not drawing any uh, parallels no, here. I'm no, just, no, I'm no, just no, saying. No. Ch- Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com. Or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're continuing our conversation about pesticides right after this. Stick around. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. It might be winter, but you can still visit farmers markets hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. This is a special invitation for the public to join the Last Chance House for a celebration of sobriety at this year's annual banquet. Mark your calendars for Saturday, April 7th, when the Last Chance House is hosting its annual celebration at the brand new and beautiful Avante Banquet and Conference Center in Fox River Grove, Illinois. This fundraising event features a beautiful four-course dinner, live and silent auctions, raffles, and an inspiring keynote address by this year's visiting speaker, John Kay from Dallas, Texas. Your all-inclusive VIP tickets are just $75 each. Last Chance House is a premier short-term sober living home and accepts no insurance, federal or state funding, but rather relies solely on private donations to help men recover from alcoholism and learn to live a happy, productive life in sobriety. 
For more information about this year's banquet, visit us online at lastchancehouse.org. Plan on joining us on Saturday, April 7th for what promises to be a fun and inspiring celebration that benefits a most important mission that helps not just the man recover, but the entire community. Remember that for each man who recovers, so recovers his family, friends, and community members. Hi, this is Ron Calgan from Mighty House. We're on every Saturday from 7 to 10 a.m. right here live on 1590 WCGO. That's because she sprays glyphosate on her <laughs> on her crops. Yeah. See, and that's because she went with Maggie instead of Peggy. Uh, Bob Dylan was way ahead of his time. He had no idea. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, we are in the studio with Peggy, another Peggy, Peggy McGrath, and David Holmquist, both from Go Green uh, Oak Park. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the guy that uh, you've got coming out. You you know we you've talked about the preemption laws and you got a petition going and trying to get other municipalities. By the way, if municipalities want to contact you, and I'm hope, hoping some are listening, uh, and they want to pass stricter pesticide laws, uh, you know you talked David uh, earlier about the the Canadian issue. They're so far ahead of us when it comes to pesticides. Um, and I learned uh, about uh, that there was uh, from, um, uh, oh, gosh, I'm going to blank on his name, uh, um, Safer, not, no, not Safer, the um, lawn care, uh, Paul Tukey. That's where I learned about it. And I'm trying to remember the name of the organization, and I can. Now, boom, it's just gone out of my mind. But, uh, you know, I, I, pe- I, I preach the uh, gospel of natural lawn care myself, and basically what I've learned over the years is that if you have a bad, you know, farmers are a different story altogether. I'm not, I'm not, we overuse Roundup and glyphosate. We overuse it like crazy, but I can speak to the backyards. And in terms of backyards, if you're using any chemical, you're probably, you probably don't need it. And I, and I, I, I will say that with about 95% certainty <laughs> is that, that you're crazy just to, to use it because you don't, you don't need it in your own backyard. That's just silly. And you've bought into it and you've been brainwashed. You bought into the, the hype about these chemicals and help them make money right you know it's it's all about making money this is the time of year and i will i will say it every week now you turn on the tv and they're telling you oh you gotta you gotta zap those uh, weeds because uh they're gonna take they're gonna come into your house and they're gonna raid your refrigerator okay a creeping and charlie is going to be throughout your house they're gonna kidnap your dog uh <laughs> and if you don't zap them right now with the most powerful stuff out there you're a loser that's and that's and that's the underlying message. You're a loser if you don't use our product. And I look at them and I go, "You're an idiot if you use their product because you don't need it. No, you just the, don't." Can we have uh, Can we have Peggy's mic there, uh, Sonar? I, I don't think we have Peggy's mic. Go ahead, Peggy. You're killing the soil, and and in the soil there are all these little microbes that all it's sort of like its own little um, ecosystem, similar to our gut. So it's in our ecosystem that we need all these little microbes working together, and glyphosate kills that. So therefore, you're really destroying. Well, you're the certain, soil. yeah, you're certainly doing damage to that. And mm-hmm. and and as Peggy and I always say on the show, it's the biology, stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and and folks need to understand that keeping your soil healthy mm-hmm. means keeping the biology alive. Amen. And That's it's amazing how this is, the science around this really was ignored for 
for decades, Mm -hmm. particularly after industrial agriculture and chemical Mm -hmm. treatment of lawns became kind of conventional. Um, And it's really only in the last 15 years that the academic science... I I hate that, conventional. It's like, now that's the right way of doing it, you know, it, and, 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 yeah, there's the fringy way. Exactly. So we got to change, we got to change the dialogue Mm -hmm. here. We got to change the marketing. It's like, we are the convention. We are the right way of doing things, the natural way. The rest of it is, I don't know what it is. It's the dangerous way of doing things. Mm -hmm. It's the dangerous way. It's, it's the way to take products that were originally designed as weapons of war and turn Mm -hmm. them into, uh, um, household and lawn care products. Keep the industry and, growing, right? And, then, and and by the way, it is safe lawns. Thanks to Christiane for yeah. You know, I realized that I was, that. I was stand, standing here thinking, "Yep, it's safe lawns." And I knew it was safe was in the title someplace. And I, mm-hmm. you know, it's one out of my head. So, uh, if folks with that preface there want to contact you and get involved in this, how do they do that? Well, they can get on our website, which is gogreenopark.org, or uh, they could even. Uh, email me at Peggy at GoGreenOakPark.org. Or David at GoGreenOakPark.org. <laughs> yeah, just remember, GoGreenOakPark.org. Peggy and David. Peggy and David. <laughs> just just start sending out your emails right now. And, and first of all, send them an email and say, thanks. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for keeping our backyards safer. And, you know, it's uh, in a way, it's, it's not surprising that it's uh, Oak Park in Evanston. Uh, leading the way because that's what you guys do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you, but it's always Oak Park and Evanston, and then everybody else follows. It's no surprise to anyone. Yeah. Okay. So you've got your flyers. So tell us about who's coming to town. Yes, uh, Dr. Theory Vrain, who is uh, he is a soil biologist and a genetic engineer, and he, and we, let's spell that because people are going to say Theory Vrain, and they're yeah, not going to hear. They're not going to. He it, actually was born in France, so it's really T H I E R R Y Vrain V R A I N. So that's pronounced Vrain. But that's run. Run. <laughs> so he's been a Canadian for I don't know how long, mm-hmm. um, but he's he has he started organic gardening himself to really do more research to find that oh my goodness what he's been saying all these years that uh, genetic you know GMOs are okay he determined it wasn't and he's not the only scientist saying that but uh, so we we've invited him down because it's pretty amazing to have a genetic engineer be able to speak with people. Um, I, I'd be interested in hearing that too because. Um, the whole intru- uh, uh, issue of uh, genetic inju- ge- <laughs> hello, genetic engineering is interesting um, because, and again, I don't know what he's going to say. I've not seen him speak. Um, there's some issue about w- whether it causes any immediate damage. The immediate damage I see from genetic engineering is the ancillary stuff around it, the, the collateral damage, which is the overuse of products like yeah. glyphosate i see the book you have there um uh, whitewash we mm-hmm. interviewed carrie gillum on our show uh a couple of months a few months ago that's getting whited out Let's yeah on this one. uh there you go that's better Cl- you're close Whoa. um and uh yeah the, mm-hmm. part of the problem is the same problem with gmos exists with glyphosate uh which is the active ingredient in roundup for people who are wondering mm-hmm. Uh, is that there's no transparency. We need the transparency. We need the data on this to know mm-hmm. what we're dealing with. Uh, Kerry makes the argument that the deck has been stacked uh, because the industry wants to cl- keep the issue cloudy. Um, and I'm I'm all for let's 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 lay everything on the table. You know, is Roundup safe to use? 
yeah, if you use it in your backyard, are you going to have genetic damage? I doubt it. But uh, if everybody in the country is using it and all the farmers are using it and people all over the world are using it, what's... And you're having it in every meal. What's Yeah, and you're mm-hmm. ingesting it. What's the result of that? And it's so, washing into every body of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. exactly. And it's in, it's in everybody. Everybody's it body. Is. It and is. it's children's and it's endocrine disruptor. It's many, many things. So it's what what Dr. Vrain and other scientists are saying, it's not the genetic engineering per se. It's really the, the glyphosate, the Roundup that's being used. Exactly. And it's 500 million acres in North America. And there's a, have, there are a lot of genetically engineered um, plants and food crops that are not designed, mm-hmm. not engineered to withstand treatment with toxic pesticides. They're designed for... And insects for, that are not designed for, to, to, mm-hmm. to do that. Right. Although, this, although you know, Roundup and glyphosate are used for plants and not insects, what's the collateral damage for that? And there's the, the classic example is papaya, which in Hawaii was wiped out by a fungus, a virus, mm-hmm. um, and a genetic engineer uh, um, did some transgenic... Um, modification that made the papaya resistant to that virus, and it revived the industry. But that was not reliant upon any kind of pesticide or chemical application. It was strictly inserting a gene to make that plant um, uh, resistant mm-hmm. to to the to the virus. And and you can argue that that's a very benign use and beneficial use of genetic engineering. Mm-hmm. What what we're objecting to is is genetic engineering that's that's for the purpose of making a plant resistant to toxic pesticides, which then become ubiquitous and, mm-hmm. and, and will continue to be used because of the, the demand for further growth of their use for the profits of the corporations. And, that, that, and, that's, and that's the point that I think needs to be made. Uh, isn't enough made enough as people, they get, sidetracked on whether the chemical itself is causing damage on a one-to-one ratio with with a human with a a single human being that's not the point the point is the overuse Mm -hmm. the point is 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 the uh the companies that have an undue influence in all uh, on all of our crops and all of the food we eat Mm -hmm. is that healthy no i don't think that's very healthy so uh, these are some of the side issues that we need to be. So tell me about the uh, Dr. Braid coming in, and when is that, and what's he going to speak to? Well, he's going to speak to the fact that it is the glyphosate. Is <laughs> of course, okay. <laughs> it is not the genetic engineering, and uh, we are. And also, I wanted to mention uh, Dr. Susan Buchanan, who's also going to be moderating. She is a family physician, and she is. Uh, Board certified in environmental and occupational health, has mm-hmm. a master's in public health, and is the director of the Great Lakes Center for Children's Environmental Health. So she will be also a part of our program. Um, so I understand she's leading a discussion afterwards. Correct. Is that it? That is correct. Yeah. Uh, so we are hosting Dr. Brain at two sites. One is Evanston Township High School, uh, and that's April 10th. And then he's going to be hosted at April 12th at uh, Trinity High School in River Forest. And April 11th, uh, Senator Don Harmon has invited, will be inviting legislators down to hear him in Springfield. Mm-hmm. So we're ta- then going back to our focus on the resolution. And, and, I, and I assume Doc, uh, or Senator Harmon is aware of the preemption issue. He's and... very aware of the preemption issue. <laughs> <laughs> We've been working with him for four years. So yes, he's well, very well, aware. Well, who else is? I mean, well, what's, what's the word you hear in Springfield? Uh, I mean, does anybody have it on the radar besides a couple of 
senators and perhaps a couple well, of they, representatives? Th- there is a Green Caucus down there. Supposedly we will be meeting with the Green Caucus, and I'm not quite sure who those people are. I mean, because there's so... Oh, go ahead, Peg. Sorry. No, I I, I was going to say uh, probably Illinois Environmental Council is well, probably in, involved in it. Yeah. Well, yeah, they've been very supportive of us. Yeah. As 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 has uh, Midwest Pesticide Action Center. I'm on their board, mm-hmm. and uh, they are actually joining us with this whole push towards getting more munis- municipalities mm-hmm. involved. So. All right. Well, thank you so much mm-hmm. for taking the time. Thank you for uh, alerting me to this. This is great stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, you reminded me, yeah, this is an issue. We ha- our, our ability to control our own destinies mm-hmm. is being thwarted by our own governments, and we need to fight against that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, local control, I think, is a good thing. I, and I guess it doesn't apply to Chicago. But no, it doesn't. No. So I, I live in Chicago, so that helps. But I don't know anybody uses that stuff on their lawns in the city anyway. So, all right. Thank you so much. Peggy McGrath, David Holmquist, Go Green Oak Park. They can go to gogreenoakpark.org. Right? Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Good luck with, uh, with all you're doing. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. More to come. Stick around. Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, aren't you the Peggy in Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to lead healthier lives. And Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings is the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even keeping your pets healthy. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and healthy cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Being a meteorologist, you see things daily that can be related or not related to climate change. And then you separate that from the climate science and the social policy. So it's almost like teaching three classes. Meteorology, which is short-term, the climate, which is long-term, and then the policy, which is government, whether or not it's federal, state, or local. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate on WCGO 1590, Chicago's Smart Talk. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. Afternoons have never been smarter. 1590 WCGO. Smart Talk for the North Shore. (laughs) Future's so bright. I got to wear an overcoat. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. I feel like uh, 
for a few minutes, we can just kind of, ah, ah. Like, let's just breathe. Because I know that uh, coming up in the second hour, the science desk will be open right there. Mm-hmm. Do you think Michelle is going to bring her microscope? Possibly. Quite possible. Who knows what she's going to bring? <laughs> well, I know that she's bringing her son in Ryan. tow. So yeah, Ryan I will be I think she here. said he was going to take over the show, actually. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> well, you know what? That actually might not be a bad idea. I might just go, okay, sure, whatever. Hey, <laughs> uh, it was, and we. this is the first chance we've had to say how interesting it was to walk in here and have Mike Jackson sitting mm-hmm. here. There, there was a fishing pole in the corner and a bucket of minnows. I almost tripped over it, yeah. I know, I know. Just clean up and uh, and a little Febreze in the air and everything's great. I mean, it's just... Lingering to... stogies. No, it was fun to meet him. I, I had never yeah, met him in person. I hadn't met him in person either. And so there we are. And speaking of uh, shows on 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk, uh, 12 o'clock today, as you know, Richie Z's Chicago History and Automotive Heaven... From 12 to 1, we hope you uh, tune in. I guess uh, yesterday I was listening, uh, Mighty House was on a couple of times because they had the er- the early show and mm-hmm. we were, I was on my way down to the Good Food Expo down at the UAC, UIC Forum yesterday. By the way, the mouth is not working at all today. <laughs> my mouth is not nothing. There's nothing right coming out of it. Uh, kind of going with my voice that's vanished. Uh, yeah. Is that from yelling at people? <laughs> I think it's two days of talking to good food over over the crowd. And and we got to, uh, well, let me, I'll get to good food in a second, but I just want to say I was listening to Mighty House on the way down there, and then I was listening to them on the way home because they, they did a rerun of the, or at least parts of the show yesterday afternoon. On, on Gab, I think. Uh, it was on WCGO. Okay. Uh, from uh, four WCGO to, as well. Yeah. Yeah, what well, they did like four, was it four to, four to six? Four to six yep. yesterday. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so uh, uh, you can catch them live at uh, seven to ten on, on Saturday Saturdays. Saturday mornings, and followed by um, open road. Open road. I, I was going to say road rage radio, but <laughs> that's that's just my sort of, uh. my little inside joke. Sorry about that, Gina. Uh, and, uh, and then, uh, as I said, Richie Z is on at noon today and then playtime with Bill Turk and Carrie Kendall today, one to 3 PM. So tell us who's on their show today. Well, according to their Facebook page, <laughs> which is what we have to <laughs> yep. go by. Thanks, Bill. Um, singer, songwriter, and activist and American Idol contestant. And I hope I'm saying this right. Haley Johnson will be interviewed by soul, a talented friend of the show. It's usually a- Hallie, isn't it? Hallie, Haley. I'm not sure. I have sure. no idea. A okay. uh, special women's empowerment moment, and uh, Artist for Action Chicago is joining them as well. And there's a new play, Steep Theater presents Birdland, opening April fifth, and a whole lot more. There we'll we go. On the show this afternoon. So and, I'm guessing there'll be a they lot. They something to come about the, the the March for Our Lives. Is there more today going on? No, this came out of their page from yesterday. Oh, okay. So Artist okay. for Action Chicago must have been there. Yeah. Okay. But that was um, inspiring. Yeah. It was inspiring to see the, the, the kids and just all the people out there. I guess they had close to a million in D.C. Yeah, and what, like 30,000 in Chicago was what I yeah. heard. There was a lot of people that showed up at Good Food Expo after the march. Yeah. Some people came in with their signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so getting back to the Good Food uh, Expo, uh, what a great time. We had uh, exhausting time, <laughs> especially Friday. I got to tell you, uh, we did a lot of Facebook Live videos. Peggy and I interviewed a lot of really, really interesting people 
on Friday, you can go to the Mike Novak show on Facebook and see a bunch of these interviews, mm-hmm. all of them, as a matter of fact. And I, um, I think we'll have one of them on the show next week, Yoram Shannon of Sandbox Organics. Right. We've got we've been working. One of the things we've been doing, because next Sunday is is April Fool's Day, of course, and it's Easter. So surprise, there's no Easter. We fooled you. No, I guess it really is Easter. Uh, and so we've been working since August of 2016 <laughs> to get people lined up for our Easter show because we knew what would happen. We knew that people would we would say, hey, will you be on the show April 1st? And they would go, oh, no, that's Easter. I can't do that. My feeling is perfect time to duck yeah. out from the family and, and, so and, we, out of, and out of church. Come on, duck out of and church. we got Yoram on video saying he was going to be here. That's right. We got him on, when we were interviewing him. I said, you're going to commit on video right now to being on our Talking show. Talking about the Band of Farmers show coming up. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was the Farmer of the Year, beginning, beginning farm, Farmer of the Year uh, at the, the Good Food pretty cool. uh, Expo. And uh, we, we talked to Aaron Stevens. Stevens. Uh, Nature's Path. From Nature's Path and give him a ding. Cause he, he sang. Yeah, he did. He <laughs> sang for us. So we got to have him on the show. He was the business of the year uh, for the Good Food Expo. Um, so, again, go to uh, the Mike Novak mm-hmm. show on Facebook and you can see um, all those videos. And then yesterday we just sort of hung out and sat at our table. And what I've noticed is... What I've noticed is when I sit at a table with Peggy and she's got all these Natural Awakenings magazines laid out, nobody even looks at me. It's like I don't even exist. They all go and they beeline right to the magazine. So that's good, though. That's good for you. I'm glad because I can't tell you how many people come and go, oh, I love this magazine. So we we never give a plug for Natural Awakenings on this show, except we have we run the commercials. Give me a plug for your magazine. What's coming up? You're you're going to press again soon. April aren't you? issue. Uh, when... April issue will be coming out shortly, and uh, it's our Earth Month issue. Ah, uh, yeah, Earth Month. Earth Month focusing on healthy home. We've got some gardening. We've got uh, a lot of recipes uh, in there as well. Cool. So for Earth Month, uh, and folks can pick it up pretty much all over city and suburbs, Cook Lake and McHenry County, and online at. NHChicago.com. That's right, because if you if you don't if you can't get your hands on a hard copy and it's always a newsprint, uh, what what's your slogan? Never glossy. Never glossy, always green. Uh, and, okay, and now that takes me to two things about the election that we had last week. The uh, primary. Do we have to? <laughs> well, there were some good results and some not so good results. No, but what I want to talk about is, I don't know about you in Highland Park, but in the city of Chicago, every day. Getting three, four, five, six, ten flyers, uh, four color, mm-hmm. glossy flyers, and you and I are in the business. If you're not, if you're not in the business of printing stuff up and doing marketing, you don't know how expensive those things right. are and how wasteful and how much energy they use. We've got to get past that somehow. I mean, judges. For one thing, I don't think we should be electing judges. I think they, there should be some kind of merit system. The fact that we make our citizens vote for judges they know nothing about. And I do research on it. Uh, I would bet 99.97% of the public has no idea what, who's the judge they're voting for, which is care. just ridiculous. They don't know and they don't it's care. It's insane. Yeah, uh, because they don't care. 
So why are we putting it in their hands? Mm-hmm. It means that the person who's got the, the most money to throw at one of these flyers, which wastes energy, and, and then now you got to recycle it and get it back into the system. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I guess that printers are – it makes printers happy because it boosts their economy. Mm-hmm. But haven't we gone to online yet? I mean, all this And a lot of stuff. municipalities, there's fewer and fewer signs in many cases because the candidates Not have realized – Not in Chicago. Not yeah, in Chicago. I, no, I noticed several of the corners, but I didn't see much in the suburbs, in part because there wasn't as much in the primaries. But a lot of the candidates I've talked to have said the signs are too expensive. We're not going to pay for them and throw them away. So here's what I've got for my neighborhood, something I think I'm going to do online, uh, like I have the time to do this, but still <laughs> it drives me crazy. If you live in uh, Logan Square or the area, contact me on Facebook uh, before Mark Zuckerberg ends up in jail and, and they it's shut, and, and they shut it down. Um, I'm going to tr- I want to get a committee together, go around, pick up signs. Just get them out of there. The candidates are supposed to pick them up. They're not going to. We know that. So why not have an activist group? Go around, pick up the signs because they can be re- reused for so many different mm-hmm. things. So contact me, Mike Novak, on Facebook or The Mike Novak Show, and let's see if we can get a group together and go out and collect that stuff. All right, second hour of The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, Science Desk, coming up. We hope you're part of it. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Warp. Mr. Data, be more specific. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Of course. Attack of the Killer Asparagus is required reading at Starfleet Academy. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Gwynok of Ninglador. Captain, shields are failing. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. Captain, it seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener, taking all our self-delusions, mishaps, and confusions, and playing them for big laughs. That's not very helpful, Mr. Data. No, it is, however, highly accurate. Welcome to the second hour of The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847 a new secure line has been opened for communication. 877-711-5611. Now please make enjoy for Second Hour Capitalist Radio. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Blecky. And the science desk is open for business. Look who's in the studio. It's Michelle Hoffman, sometimes known as Michelle Hoffman Trotter. Uh, the science lady. The science lady. And uh, she, it, wait a second. I Nope, not that one. Not the chicken song. Oh, well, I could play the chicken song. You could play the chicken song. Why like not? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're screwed. Okay, there we go. Speaking wow. of chickens, the uh, that little no, bird what, you saw yesterday was a um, quail. 
Miss Pickles was a quail. Miss Pickles. Pickles. Yeah, I had my photo taken with Miss Pickles yesterday at the uh, the Good Food Expo. And uh, what I was looking for was not the chicken song, but... Uh, science. All right, the science be- song. Because uh, our science gal is here, and you didn't bring your microscope in. I brought him instead. That's <laughs> right. Ryan. Ryan Trotter. How are you, Ryan? Good. How are you, Mike? All right. Well, listen, he's like, wow. you want to take over the show? You want to just do this? <laughs> I mean, you've, you've got your own YouTube page. Uh, how many How many followers do you have? Last I checked, it was about 72. Pretty good. Pretty good. And how many videos do you have up there? Um, So many, I lost count. Ah. <laughs> Same here. We, we You tend to lose count after a while. You know, you, yep. just, you just move on to the next one, whatever. Yep. So, uh, and... Ryan, you're okay. We sh- we should establish that, Michelle. You teach in like a hundred different universities at the same time, right? Three. <laughs> but <laughs> it okay, seems like it. it feels like it sometimes. A hundred and three, <laughs> yes. Uh, and those are uh, Roosevelt University, Columbia College of Chicago, and also the School of the Art Institute. And uh, what 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 are you teaching now? Uh, I'm teaching a biodiversity class. I'm teaching a water rights class. Ooh. I am teaching some marine biology, some oceanography, and some law policy and ethics. Oh, my goodness. And you're getting ready to hop on the boat and go back up to Alaska and film some more stuff for Microcosm, the film, which will come out in 2228. Maybe, be- if we're lucky, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what is crackling off that mic? There. They, that might seem just a little hot there. Uh, all right. Thank you, sir. That sonar uh, taking care of us. Spinning the dials so and Ellie's easy. tweeting away. Yeah. Uh, oh, was, is that a marmot? <laughs> that was my dolphin. Do, do the dolphin again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you're on a boat too long. Okay? That's right. That's right. Waterlogged. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, you're going uh, back up to Alaska to shoot more stuff, and you're you're going to engage Everybody who wants to be part of it, you're yes, teaching a are. class from the journey. Tell us how that's going to work. We are, and we're really excited about it because this was always part of the plan with Microcosm. It's not just a movie, it's a movement. And um, it's about getting the science out there and looking at the microscopic universe that nobody's really thinking about. So we decided this time, University of Alaska, very supportive of the project, uh, wants to help us roll out some virtual education. So we are actually doing virtual education for grades 6 through 12. But we're also offering adult education because people on Facebook were saying, but what about the adults? And we're like, yeah, what about the adults? Let's do that, too. How cool. Yeah. And well, I put all that information on my website. <laughs> I did. I mean, you, you kept me up late last night because I got home from the Good Food Expo and I started reading your, your all the stuff you sent me. I said, well, this will be easy. I'll put up a little blog. I'll quote uh, Michelle and we'll, we'll do something. And then I looked at it and I went. Oh, there's all these instructions for uh, how to how to, to sign up, how to register for the course. I said, I've got to put that up there. I can't just leave it in the <laughs> uh-huh. P- PDF. Uh, so I put that all up there, too, including the link. So, uh, But if they want to blow past that or, or have a shortcut, they can go to Microcosm on Facebook, for one thing. But go to my website, MikeNovak.net, and if you go to this week's show, I've got all that information. So if you're an adult... 
If you're a student between uh, sixth well, and twelfth, sixth and twelfth grade, you can be part of this. What, uh, what kind of credits do they get? Well, so what we're doing is we're offering three different modules. Uh, teachers can choose one of the three, or they can do all three. It just depends what their interests are. We're doing one on biodiversity, one on food web interactions that'll explore things like how plastics permeate up the food web, mm-hmm. and then we're doing one on climate change. So students can teachers can enroll in one, or they can go for the whole package. Um, for adults, there's sort of a flat rate fee, and then they're going to receive. very reasonable. Very reasonable. We wanted to keep this very, oh my goodness, very it is affordable so reasonable. for educators. Yeah, yeah. Somebody thought it was $25 per student. I said, no, it's $25 per class because we want people to participate. We want people wait, to Wait, when exposure. you say $25 per class, I'm not. In general, for the whole package. You want to learn about biodiversity, pay me 25 bucks, and we're going to give you daily links to talk to the scientists. Yeah, but each person pays 25 bucks for that, right? But if you're a teacher. teacher. For her so class. For, their for the whole class, class? it's only $25. Yeah. That's Holy it. Smoke. Exactly. Ka- we Kathleen, want to if available. you're listening to this, let your teacher friends know <laughs> yeah, about every, it. Everybody, let your teacher friends know. This is like once in a lifetime opportunity. It right. is. Primary There's, sources here. Hopefully, not once in a lifetime, because if this works, we're going to try to keep doing this. Cool. Oh, my so, goodness. But you're going to have yeah. to take us along. Right. I know. At some point, we're going to have to do a show from the boat. All right. All right. Yep. Uh, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We've got uh, Michelle Hoffman here in the studio at the Science Desk. Ryan's here, too. We're going to find out more about this great trip when we come back. Stick around. Do you know that Chicagoans are getting healthier all the time? This is Peggy, and I know this is true because for eight years I've been publishing Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest magazine. And if you want your message to reach this growing market, you need to get your business in front of our readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us that our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and they're ready to take action. That's more than 80,000 people in Chicago who will respond to your message. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, doctors, dentists, nutritionists, health coaches, yoga, even home improvement and landscape experts. Natural Awakenings is a free monthly magazine available in more than 1,100 locations throughout Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. Call me today to expand your market and grow your business. 847-858-3697. That's 847-858-3697. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. This is a special invitation for the public to join the Last Chance House for a celebration of sobriety at this year's annual banquet. Mark your calendars for Saturday, April 7th, when the Last Chance House is hosting its annual celebration at the brand new and beautiful Avante Banquet and Conference Center in Fox River Grove, Illinois. This fundraising event features a beautiful four-course dinner, live and silent auctions, raffles, and an inspiring keynote address by this year's visiting speaker, John Kay from Dallas, Texas. Your all-inclusive VIP tickets are just $75 each. Last Chance House is a premier short-term sober living home and accepts no insurance, federal or state funding, but rather relies solely on private donations to help men recover from alcoholism and learn to live a happy, productive life in sobriety. For more information about this year's banquet, visit us online at lastchancehouse.org. Plan on joining us on Saturday, April 7th for what promises to be a fun and inspiring celebration that benefits a most important mission that helps not just the man recover, but the entire community. Remember that for each man who recovers, so recovers his family, friends, and community members. Your talk. This is your talk. Only on 1590. Your talk. WCGO Evanston, Chicago. the genius I am today, the mathematician that others all quote? Who's the professor that made me that way? 
the greatest that ever got chalk on his coat. One man deserves the credit, one man deserves the blame, and Nikolai Ivanovich Lobachevsky is his name. Hey, Nikolai Ivanovich Lobachevsky. I am never forget the day. <laughs> okay, I this I think this is going to go on for a while. Uh, Tom Lehrer, of course, and I, this is what I was thinking the great of Tom when, when uh, at the top of the show when we were talking to Paul Anthony. Lobachinsky, which is not the same as Lobachevsky, but it's very close. All right. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and uh, in the studio, Michelle Hoffman Trotter. I never and understand. Ryan Trotter. And, and I, I never know whether to call you Michelle Hoffman or Michelle Hoffman Trotter. Priestess of Plankton works. Priestess of Plankton. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Michelle's good. I it's a mouthful. Michelle Hoffman Trotter. I, I, I don't get many priestesses of plankton in the studio. So, so. now you can feel blessed and lucky. and <laughs> Because, as we know, it's all about science. So there we go. Um, and uh, she's off to Alaska. Let's give, you said, we said before the segment we had to give the University of Alaska some kudos. Let's give them... Absolutely. A ding. So tell us about their participation in this. Well, they were really excited when we said that we didn't want to just come and film for us, Mm -hmm. that we actually wanted to roll out educational programming. Uh, They got right in involved, and they are helping us from the ground. They're going to be helping us roll out from a technical standpoint, making sure that all of our video links are uploaded, and they've been promoting the programming Mm -hmm. and also getting Alaska educators to come and get involved with us. And so uh, hopefully it's a partnership that's just going to grow over time, that we're going to be hopefully able to offer lots more opportunities like this so that people can be in the field with the scientists cross your fingers yeah that's right and 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 uh are you going to be able you say that the internet connection on, on the boat is limited mm-hmm. so there's not a lot of live streaming going on here how's, how's gonna, that how's that going to work actually th- it's really probably for the best because teachers you know <laughs> to be able to fit this into their classrooms they have to be able to do it on their schedule mm-hmm. we're going to be teaching across different time zones and so what we're going to do is every night we're going to be uploading video links with interviews showing students how we're using the tools, you know, what we're doing in the field, mm-hmm. what the scientists are doing in the lab. And then there will be chat rooms available 24 hours a day where people can post their questions for the science team to answer so that there is an ongoing rolling component where they can mm-hmm. converse about what they're seeing and, and how that translates to what the teachers are teaching them in the classrooms. Because we're going to be providing them with lesson plans as well, supplemental readings, activities, all kinds of stuff. This just sounds so cool. All of it. <laughs> and so are different instructors, different professors going to be flying out to the boat and back? Or No, it's really just it's a staff of 24 scientists on the okay. ship. Um, my team. That's is com- scary in itself. <laughs> <laughs> 24 yeah, scientists you know. walk into a ship one day. <laughs> more than you know. Yes. And then um, I have a team of three people. One is a cinematographer. She works on the show Building Alaska. Mm-hmm. Right. So she'll be doing all the shooting for us. And then actually my other assistant is a a former Columbia grad and a former student of mine who was a television major, so knows the media production end of things, but has fallen in love with teaching uh-huh. from an internship in Hawaii, and now wow. she's a certified teacher. So she's actually going to be doing dual roles, helping with okay. the media, rolling that out, and mm-hmm. then also helping with the education materials. And we were talking off air that you know there's just so much that adults can benefit from, too, during the course of the week. Absolutely. And it's the same sort of thing. So they'll get the full range of access to all the video links Mm -hmm. and to the chat room so that they can ask questions. And we'll be posting uh, daily newsletters with snippets from the ship and, you know, what's sort of happening day to day so that everybody can follow the journey and get information. 
Is your uh, colleague, Mr. DeMaio, going to be participating He is. He absolutely is. He's actually going to be hosting some of the live sessions here in Chicago with my college classes that are still running during the time that I'm gone. Okay. Wow. That's so, great. Well, well, they're, they're scoring double. Well, you they're gotta, getting Rick. You gotta, you, I know. you got to stick around for his segment uh, later on so that uh, we can ask him about that and, uh, you know, if he can come down from all his excitement about the final four. So He developed a very cool activity for the students. I'd love for him to tell you about it. Uh, really? Yeah. All right. All right. Let's hold that. Let's put, let's put that in our brains and let's remember that. All right. Ryan's here in the studio. Uh, I take it, Ryan, you're not going on the trip. Um, well, and well, um, my, this is for my mom, mom and I know that she, um, I can't really because, uh, I actually still have to go to my school. Um, <laughs> school you thing. know, the boring one. Oh, man. <laughs> what a drag. Uh, yeah. but, but you are, you go, uh, 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 you're a scuba diver yourself. Are you certified? Yeah. I got certified down in the Florida Keys. Oh, my goodness. And so what else do you do you assist with the, with the filming and, and some of the research? Um yeah, um, I help I help my mom and um I have I help her get the shots cuz um me and my dad we film with the GoPros and whatnot. Um uh-huh. Ah, the GoPro. Okay. He's the pro with the GoPro and the okay. kid's pretty wicked with a microscope too. Oh yeah? Yeah. And you um, did a pretty good dive off the boat in one of those YouTube videos I was watching too. Yes, that was the fun part. <laughs> does the GoPro actually help you? Is that uh, is that stuff you can use? Yeah, it really does help. Um, it, it gives you those like kind of like behind the scene quality kind of thing because it's so small that you can uh, just. So yeah, you can take the official stuff and then you just cut in yep. a sort of. Uh, we do basically. absolutely. Yeah. Those yep. GoPros are invaluable. They're 4K, so they're you know the resolution's mm-hmm. excellent. We can crop in on things if we need to. So yeah. We, so we, when you're shooting underwater, is that what you're using as a GoPro? Yep, definitely. And other things, but yeah. Yeah, no, GoPro no, no. Too. They've got the, the, the big ones, <laughs> the big cameras that they've got with the double handles on them. Come on. They're like, the GoPro is just a little thing on yeah, there. We're the like hill. aliens in the sea. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just sitting here filming it all. Yep, you do. Actually, he does. So what's the coolest creature you've encountered uh, in the sea, Ryan? Um, That's actually really tough. Um, I saw an eagle down in Florida. Actually, um... There's a funny story behind that. When I was getting certified down there, uh, nobody else was there because there was quote unquote bad weather reported. But um, I was the only one that was there, and so me and the instructor saw an eagle ray. And um, later, why, in whole, why is an eagle ray important? An eagle ray is important because it really helps um, out the environment and the e- ecosystem. Actually, we learned about it in Hawaii, where we actually found a manta ray, and um, we need to because they're cousins. Because they're cousins. And um, when we found the manta ray, I actually asked um, our friend Mark Dikos the same question. And um, it's important because we need to um, log them and see what, like, their behavior because we're just trying to learn more about these majestic creatures of the deep. (laughs) What they're eating, where they're going, He speaks too well. How old are you? (laughs) I'm 11. Uh, Oh, my. Okay. (laughs) I'm hanging up the microphone. This is my last show, folks. No. It's my last show, and Ryan will be taking over next week. (laughs) Holy smokes. Uh, when you talk to your friends and yeah. they're like, well, where are you going this time? What, what do you tell them? How do you explain your experiences? I'm pretty sure 90% of the time they don't understand, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't even understand, okay? I've never dived. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really great in water. I can swim, but I'm not terrific in water. Hey, but that's the first step. I guess so. Hey, by the way, Sonar, you're a Navy guy, right? Sure am. Yeah, so you guys should be talking too. You you need to go on the trip, uh, Sonar. It sounds like it. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah I that's mean, a good one. Have, uh, have you ever been Alaska way? No, no, I haven't. But uh, I know so much about how sound travels in water. I have three credits of oceanography. So <laughs> nice. just off of sounds. And I really don't know too much about sea turtles. <laughs> Fair enough. And, and rays and various rays. Exactly. No, rays, uh, sound rays are the only ones I yeah. know. There's sound is pretty important in the ocean, though. I mean, Absolutely. there's a whole film, Sonic Sea, about yeah. the impacts of sound on yeah. different animals. Yep. Yeah, you. As a matter of fact, well, but that doesn't really affect your research because yours is more about. It may. There's actually now some research that shows that certain mining um, technology that they use to, uh, you know, to test out different areas, mm-hmm. the booming sounds from that may be actually disrupting where plankton is congregating. Sounds travel faster and further in water. Yeah, uh, the speed of sound uh, just at the surface level is already. I think forty-eight thousand feet per second. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fast. Yep. And you, intense, you need that guy scary. on your on your trip. I, I think know. I think he's <laughs> uh, So uh, what do you hope to accomplish? Why why uh, the Gulf of Alaska? So the Gulf of Alaska is a different area than where we were before. We were mm-hmm. in the high Arctic the last time we were right. out there, and the Gulf of Alaska is ripe feeding grounds for whales. Mm-hmm. And to the point that I just made about shifting plankton dynamics. Right, right. That is very much a part of our story. So we're hoping to get some great whale action this time around, although the whale migration has been interesting. We've seen a few weird things happening there, uh, so never can predict. But also— Wait, wait, wait. Okay, now you got to (laughs) stop. Uh, don't 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 just throw that out there and move. What do you mean well, weird? Have, you, yeah. Wait. Yeah. Well, there have been a couple of years in the last five mm-hmm. years where the sightings of humpbacks in Hawaii has dipped down, and it's too early to call that a trend. But there are question marks, and in overall, the humpback whale population has done very well. It's almost at pre-hunted numbers, estimated in the Pacific at about twenty-two thousand animals. But So that's a, a good recovery. It is then. a very good recovery, but now there are some questions because we haven't seen as many as we are typically seeing in Hawaii, like I said, for two two of the last five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know why yet, if that has anything to do with their feeding. We know that there are things that are disrupting the location and quality and quantity of plankton, and so there's a lot of variables that we have to start looking at. I'm sure you've been following the news reports about the beached whales in Australia. Yeah. That's I, I don't know what to say. Disturbing. It, it is disturbing because we really don't know why they do that, no. apparently. Well, there's a lot of different possibilities. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't remember how many, but it's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. And it, and it has happened recently in the past. So, And uh, in Washington, there was a recent report of, a, of killer whales mm-hmm. eating a killer whale calf. That has really? not been documented before. Wow. So, you know, you can't, it's too early to say what that means. But, you know, obviously question goes towards their food chain and, mm-hmm. and what's happening with their food supply. So being a big part of the story for microcosm, we're really interested in that because we could get any number of different species of whales in the Gulf of Alaska. Speaking of microcosm, when is you, 2018 was the target year? It was the target year. And just like evolution, things take time and they shift <laughs> gears and they change paths. And so we're we're looking now. We have collected so many stories. And the truth of the matter is that it's really hard to sort of separate them because they're all incredibly important. We think we're going to try to pitch it as a series instead. Ah, so we're sense. kind of yeah. reorganizing our approach yeah. to see if we can get a network. And if not, we'll revert back to the 90 minute format. But there are so many stories to tell. To tell. And I hear Bill Curtis is really busy. I'm <laughs> available. 
uh, <laughs> to do whatever narration <laughs> you might need. I'm, Thanks. I'm, I'm throwing my hat into the I ring here. Yeah, no, you better come to me, okay? <laughs> Even if it's just, uh, I'll just do a quote. You can just throw throw my voice in Let's there someplace. See what someplace. we can do. I want to be part of this. So, uh, uh, and how long is the journey this time? Three weeks. Three weeks at sea. And I'll bet that goes really fast, it doesn't it? It does, yeah. especially as busy as we're going especially, to be yeah, between filming and, and doing the... And... Yeah, exactly. This is going to be a whole new uh, level of crazy. Uh, why do you say <laughs> yeah. that? Just because we're because not just the... there to film. Yeah. This time we are rolling well, out education how does, every how day. How is that going to work? Because you have to have some administrators there to help we with do. that, right? We do. And so that's where University of Alaska is coming in and helping us with feeding, You know, making sure all the feeds get live when they're supposed yeah. to, all the links are working. So we owe them a great debt of gratitude as far as their willingness to help us with that and then of course i have carly who will be with me making Mm -hmm. sure that we get everything edited and uploaded every night so i want to go back to adults who want to participate virtually so this is going on for three weeks Mm -hmm. what are people going to get every week can they watch every night they can watch every night so we will be sending out a little newsletter every morning sort of explaining what happened the day before Mm -hmm. what all went on what the scientists were doing uh any interesting things of note animal behavior so we'll get a newsletter every morning uh it will contain links that they can follow to see little uploads interviews with the scientists Mm -hmm. you know live footage type stuff that we have to we have to wait till night on the ship to be able to upload stuff so it'll basically be running a day behind um, but there will be new video links to see every day. And then the adults also get to join the chat rooms and talk to the scientists and ask questions. And then this will be archived so people can go back and watch it later? Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Cool. And as you said, it's very reasonable? Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> the adults are basically getting the entire package, all the different topics that we're covering. So an adult enrollment is $50. Uh, you know, it is so important to get these things into schools and to make yes. it accessible for yes. teachers that one learning module is only $25 for a teacher to enroll her whole class. And, and this is all also a fundraiser for Microcosm. It is, because we have to buy hard drives so we can archive the stuff <laughs> properly. <laughs> and they just don't come cheap, those hard drives. No. Nope. <laughs> I thought all of that was cheap now everything's yeah. so easy but it adds up but it, it adds, adds up. up especially when you're shooting in 4k yeah. um we eat hard drives for breakfast yeah. basically wow and so i've got a question for ryan so obviously you're going to be watching this of course from your perspective what do you want to learn i really want to learn um just like what's going on because i know that uh with macrocosm there are things that we cannot see in the um ocean and i think that it's really cool that we can now see this through learning and just ex- that we can get to be on this journey even though we're not there. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, it's like we can be on this journey with the scientists even though we're not there, and it's really just opening our eyes to this whole new world. Well said. All right, again, uh, the, this chair will be open next week, <laughs> this, this, this spot on the microphone, and all you have to do is come in and take over the show. <laughs> I don't know what to say. If I if I had been that uh, that sharp when I was eleven, I I would be emperor right now of the, of, of the planet. So, uh, well, um, uh, what else do we need to know before? What have we missed here? Because uh, you're, I know you've got the suitcases right there, and you're ready to you're get, like heading get to the airport the shortly. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing how much time prep time you need, lead time to make sure all the equipment is packed, and you haven't mm-hmm. missed anything. And that's kind of the phase that we're in right now is is making sure that we have absolutely every possibility covered as far as what equipment we're going to be needing on the boat. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's exciting from the mouths of babes over there. Why do we need kids involved in these things? Uh, 
pretty self-evident that that we need more access to information like this. And it is that once in a lifetime sort of thing to be able to go out in the field. I got mm-hmm. so many questions the last time we came back from the Arctic about even the food on the boat. People want to know, you know, what, yeah. what were they feeding? They're not you? interested what in what the, you're shooting. Yeah, they, want, <laughs> they want to know how, yeah. how long are you sleeping? What are you yeah. eating? Are, what, what does the shower look like? And yeah. what's the work schedule, which is 24 yeah. hours a day on a boat like this? Yeah. Are, so, are, are you drinking you drinking Tang? That's what they want Red to Bull. know. And you oh, were, Red Bull. Okay. Plus, it's mostly a woman crew, right? My team is all female. And yeah, in Alaska, there were over, the last time we were there, over 50% of the scientists. All right. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. However, right. you're sticking around for Rick DeMaio okay. when he comes in. We've got to do a phone interview here. And uh, if folks want more information, go to my website, MikeNovak.net. All the stuff's up there. Or go to Microcosm yeah. on Facebook, and you can be part of it. All right. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. More to come. Stick around. Is your couch killing you? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Americans have much higher levels of flame retardants in their bodies than anyone else in the world. In fact, California children have some of the highest levels ever measured. Flame retardants are found in furniture, electronics, and even in baby products, and have been linked to cancer, birth defects, and other serious health issues. OMG, what's a green diva or dude to do? Furniture that does not contain polyurethane foam usually does not contain flame retardant chemicals. There are nonprofit organizations that have done the homework for us and have lists of flame retardant free furniture manufacturers. I'm Green Diva Meg, and you can find more low stress green living tips at thegreendivas.com. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. This is your talk. You want to just put in hashtag in any of your social media, hashtag 1590WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, We mentioned earlier in the show, we've just got... A lot going on today, and uh, I wanted to add this segment uh, coming up uh, because I got a um, an email from a friend of mine recently, and that's Jessica Chipkin from Crate Free, Illinois. Uh, they're an animal welfare not-for-profit organization uh, dedicated to ending extreme confinement of animals on factory farms or CAFOs, sometimes known as concentrated animal feeding operations, 
And um, uh, she sent me uh, information about how they were making some really good progress. So let's let's bring her on the line right now. Jessica, good morning. Hi, how are you? Good morning. It's so Hi, good. Peggy. Good morning. We actually saw each other yesterday, ran into it at the Good Food Expo. So uh, you and I, uh, unfortunately, you live kind of out in the, the burbs, so I'm not going to make you schlep back into the city here. I, and I had a guy yesterday say, nobody uses the word schlep anymore. Nobody yeah. knows what schlep is. You know what schlep I is. I know you do, Jessica. <laughs> so uh, Jessica is uh, the founder and president of Crate Free Illinois. Also on the phone with us is Christy Slaby. Is that how you pronounce your last name, Christy? Yep, you got it. Okay. Uh, and uh, Christy also works with Crate Free Illinois. Let's start with you, Jessica. You gave me a, a holler. Uh, just a a little while ago, a few days ago, and said, hey, some really good stuff is happening. You want to explain uh, what you guys did? Yeah, sure. Well, the big headline here is that another major national grocery chain has joined the list of retailers that are starting to curb the use of gestation crates in their supply chain. And that supplier is traded. That retailer is Trader Joe's, which might come as a surprise to a lot of people because I think a lot of people have the perception that Trader Joe's has already done that. But in in fact, that they they haven't. But that is changing now. We launched a Change.org petition back in October, which really really took off. And in fact. It was in the top 10 performing animal welfare petitions of their entire Hmm. year, of Change.org's entire year. Wow. And right now it's still climbing. We have about about 371,000 supporters on it. And we really learned how to leverage the Change.org platform to initiate a lot of actions among the petition supporters as well. So in addition to them signing, we also gave them actions, like to email Trader Joe's and to call Trader Joe's. And Trader Joe's was hearing us. I mean, it's hard to ignore that number, but they have been responsive, um, and they are making changes. And just this past week, I think it was Wednesday, they made an announcement on their website saying, stating which project products are now crate-free, plus a list of about a dozen other of their products. Um, and a timeline when they would become gestation crate-free. So this is really great news for us because another retailer is joining this growing trend and really hearing what's about what's important to consumers who have certain beliefs and they want to align their shopping behavior, their purchase behavior to their belief system. So we're really excited about this, and we hope that Trader Joe's continues and we have every be- reason to believe that they're going to keep updating their supply chain. Uh, yeah, there's an article that I posted on uh, my uh, website, MikeNovak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net, and it's uh, from Civil Eats, and they describe what a gestation crate is. And basically, there's a four-month duration of a sow's pregnancy, uh, and each sow lives, sleeps, and eats in a roughly two-and-a-half-by-seven-foot stall uh, that does not allow her to walk, turn around, or socialize. After giving birth and living in a slightly larger farrowing crate for a month, she is impregnated less, again. Actually, it's less than a month. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Most most farmers say that it's about, about, about two to maybe 20 days. 
two weeks to 20 days. Wow. Then they go right back in the gestation. And they get her pregnant, impregnated again and return to the stall. The cycle is repeated for three to four years until her production drops off and she is slaughtered for breakfast sausage. This is what Civil Eats writes. Um, and so folks, uh, a lot of folks object to that. And they don't want it to buy their pork uh, from companies that raise their animals like this. And among the companies that had already responded to the call to purchase meat from companies that were not using gestation crates were companies like McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Kroger, Safeway, Costco. So as you mentioned at the top of the segment, uh, it was kind of surprising to a lot of people because I think a lot of people look at Trader Joe's and say, oh, they're they're eco-friendly uh, and, and they do things humanely. Uh, so they were sort of an oddity mm-hmm. in this group. It was kind of surprising that they were not among those companies. So the fact yeah, that... Yeah, and I, I think... Another misconception people have, and not just with Trader Joe's, is that a lot of Trader Joe's products are labeled organic. And many people think they see organic, and they're thinking Old McDonald's had a farm, the animals are out in the sunshine in a big field, where actually there is no, there's no real correlation between the term organic and animal welfare standards. Um, that has not been, that there's nothing firm about that. So that's a misconception. People see organic, and they think the animal is cool in terms of animal welfare. But a hog could be in a gestation crate and fed organic feed, and that that pork could be um, labeled organic. So you guys came up with this petition. Now, you started it, you said, last October. Was This this was shortly after the time where we did our panel um, at uh, yeah. Nana uh, in, uh, in Bridgeport uh, with you guys. And uh, to get 370,000 signatures is quite an accomplishment. So it means that there is an interest in this. People are interested. So let's, let's move on to Christy, because Christy, you were one of the people who went to Monrovia, California, which is the headquarters for Trader Joe's, and you helped deliver the petitions. Can you tell me about that, uh, that expedition? Um, yep, I was one of two. We had um, two volunteers from Crate Free Illinois. Who um, one of, The other volunteer was from uh, California, so he drove up to Monrovia and met me up there. Um, and I, I guess I would like to say that I was really excited and honored to be asked to represent Crate Free Illinois um, in this petition delivery. Um, you know, farmed animals are one of the largest and least protected groups of animals on the planet, um, and I feel like this is an area where the greatest amount of suffering is happening every single day. Um, so it was very rewarding to be a part of um, a group whose focus is to find ways to reduce that suffering, which is what we were hoping with our petition. Um, and, it, you know, with regards specifically to the actual delivery, it was um, really exciting to be a part of this initiative uh, that had potential to bring about significant change for these pigs that are kept in the gestation crates. Um, to actually be at Trader Joe's and to be able to hand over to those folks um, all the signatures and the comments of the nearly um, 400,000 people who signed that petition because they care about the welfare of these animals and they care about what their lives are like um, prior to arriving on the dinner table. Um, you know, we, uh, my fellow volunteer and I, we had the opportunity to kind of say to the folks at Trader Joe's, hey, your customers care about how these animals are raised, and they want you to care about that, too, because they want you to offer products that align with, with their values. So it was really great to be a part of that. So you just, uh, what, did you have them in a big sack? What, how did you deliver these petitions? <laughs> we had them printed in California. <laughs> um, 
and we so we packaged them in boxes. We had about six boxes of pages. Um, I think it was about 10,000 pages printed total. Um, so they were packaged in boxes, and we had some labels that we put on the outside um, that said, you know, hey, Trader Joe's, go crate free, 100% um, mm -hmm. crate free. Um, and then the overflow that we had, we actually put in Trader Joe's shopping bags <laughs> and delivered it that way. <laughs> yeah, and people can watch that video on your um, Facebook page. That's correct. On Crate Free Illinois. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you got to sit in the room with them, right? How long did you uh, have a meeting with the folks from Trader Joe's? We did. John Paul and I um, had a meeting with Matt Sloan, who's their vice president of marketing. Um, they took us around to the back of the building, and we actually, um, coming from Illinois, this was fabulous. We sat outside at um, uh, <laughs> like a patio table in the sun and the, the California breeze. Um, yeah, so um, John Paul and I had a meeting with Matt Sloan, and uh, we talked with him for close to 30 minutes. Terrific. So he, was, he was very generous with his time. And, and what was the outcome of that meeting, as you could determine it? Nothing significantly changed after our meeting with him. Um, Matt kind of began the meeting by saying that um, he let us know they had already published um, a statement on their Facebook page um, that let their customers know uh, they have a certain number of um, products, pork products, that come from suppliers who are already gestation crate free. And then kind of a general statement that said they would be moving some other products in the future, an unspecified time. Um, they would be moving some of their other, other products to gestation crate-free suppliers. Um, so he kind of let us know that that's where they're at and that's where his position remained. Mm -hmm. And it was really not so much of any kind of negotiation as it was just a discussion about the topic. All right. Uh, and, and one of the things I want to call to both of your attention, uh, because we only have two minutes left, is uh, you 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 alerted me to this, Jessica, that uh, WTTW did an article um, a couple of days ago. The 23rd. Uh, Trader Joe's to phase out gestation crates for some pork products. And there's something that confuses me a little bit, and I don't know that it's important or not. Um, what they write is, on Tuesday, about a week after the meeting, Trader Joe's published a list of 10 pork products that come from crate-free suppliers. And they have a link to it. And if you go to that list... Uh, it's what's interesting is the date is January 24th. Yeah, yeah, I can explain that. They did a since we started the petition, they did a series of updates. The first, to, just to show that they were aware of the petition because we were making a lot of noise. The first time they posted something, um, I don't remember what it was, I have it printed out someplace. They said, We're hearing our customers' concern, mm -hmm. and then they listed. Um, products that a uh, handful of products that were already crate free, and then as the noise got louder, they made some changes. They said we have other products we're going to be moving soon, and it was very general. And then a week after our meeting, they came out with a timeline, which is what you see now ah. on a dozen other products. So right. that's what we're really um, happy about to see is that after our meeting, because we had asked them to specifically come up with a timeline, they actually posted a timeline. 
And you um, can go to that. You can find that. We're, we're out of time yeah. here, Jessica, but you can find that at my website. Uh, you can probably find that information also at Crate Free Illinois. And what I want to say is congratulations to Crate Free Illinois and congratulations to Trader Joe's for stepping up and moving in the right direction. So thank you both, Jessica Chipkin and Christy Slaby, for your hard work and for the petitions. Uh, we're going to have you on the show soon. We'll talk more about it. All right, Rick DeMaio Weather next. Stick around. Whether it's March, July, September, or December, if you're a gardener, any time of year is perfect for a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. It's the garden magazine for our region and one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, What to Do in the Garden, and even my column on the Inside Backpack of every issue. I make up stuff and they pay me for it. Go figure. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines on newsstands everywhere. But go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. This is Mike Novak, tree keeper number 417, inviting you to register for the Openlands Tree Keepers Spring Course. Tree keepers are trained volunteers who advocate and care for nature's most majestic plants, trees, around the Chicago area. The eight-day course covers topics like tree planting, mulching, pruning, pests and diseases, and more. The course will be held Sundays and Thursdays, April 8th through May 3rd at the Washington Park Fieldhouse in Chicago. To learn more, visit openlands.org slash treekeepers. Catch Playtime with Bill Turk and Carrie Kendall every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on 1590 WCGO. days here we are that's what they were playing when i was in college and maybe when you were in college michelle i don't know what about what about rick DeMaio? do you think uh is, is that what the, the the kids are playing on their smartphones now rick um boy <laughs> maybe after a little bit of uh, uh chemical relaxation that's pretty strong stuff. Yeah. Hey, welcome and congratulations to the Ramblers. 
Actually, you know what? I think if you play certain Grateful Dead tunes in reverse, it sounds like that. Now that I think oh, okay, that. okay. <laughs> and slow down. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Slow down, yeah. Uh, and Mike agrees. I like that. <laughs> yeah, of course I do. Because uh, Paul is uh, Paul is alive. That's the problem. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Paul is oh yes, dead. he is one of your uh, favorites. Again, uh, congratulations! Because I, I and the oh. question, the question, uh, you were watching the game yesterday, right? <laughs> I think I was screaming at the top of my lungs. I mean, it's uh, it's been it's been crazy, and you know, I have a real big problem because uh, if if they end up winning next Saturday. Um, the championship game, you know, played on a Monday night. And that's kind of like right when I have a climate change class. Am I going to get anybody to come to my class that night? Uh, no, you're not. Probably probably not, right? <laughs> uh, no, there's there's nobody on that day is going to be interested in. So uh, there's, right. that's not going to happen. I think you're right. <laughs> so uh, I, I tell you what, I would bring in a monitor to the classroom and and just during the commercial breaks, you know, give them a little uh, climate change stuff. That's what I would do. Uh, I don't think there'll be any breaks during the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> like how the game's been. We'll take one game at a time. There's still one more. But to tell you the truth, uh, uh, Final Four is is almost like a championship game. It is. And there's been a, I don't know I don't know if this is or or I should say a championship for the for the school. Uh, but I don't know if anybody knows this, but you know the the 1963 Loyola team that went on to win the national championship. Uh, played probably the one of the most important games in the history of the NCAA. That was the famous handshake game up right. at um, uh, East, East Lansing, Michigan. Mike uh, Peg, do you know the story about that? Uh, I do, uh, and and uh, mainly because <laughs> I've been watching a lot of the NCAA's, hmm. and basically it was breaking the color line, the color barrier uh, at that time, which yeah. was really yeah. really good and, for Loyola and, for and, doing uh, that um, at the time. Uh, Harkness, uh, who was actually uh, shown quite a bit on the sidelines, was talking to someone on the score earlier yesterday about how when they used to travel uh, in in you know to cities to the south, and I know this probably we already know this, uh, the white players got out of the cab and went into the front of the hotel, and the black players um, had to go around to the back, and that was obviously in the southern states. And you just you think about that and. You know, I was born in 1963, and I know, Mike, you're a little bit older than I am, but it's like you think about the fact that these are people who are now alive and, and talking about it like they remember it from yesterday yeah. and, and the transformations that they've seen. Um, and uh, at the same time, we saw what happened in Washington, D.C., not only <laughs> in, in D.C. with the March for Our Lives, but in other cities around the United States, and I had a um, kind of heated discussion with one of my colleagues, a college professor at, a, at another school, it wasn't Loyola, um, telling me that those kids in, in Parkland, the original, you know, whatever you want to call them, six or 12, um, have, been, have been kind of um, in, infiltrated and manipulated by people on the political right, or the political left. And, and we have to look at it from both sides. And I don't, I don't think those marches in cities here in the United States and across the world were, were manipulated by, by people on the political left. No. These, are, these are kids looking for some sort of change. And, man, if we can get that kind of action with climate change as, as well, we, we have the needle going in the right direction. Well, and, and you know that Michelle Hoffman is here in the studio with us, uh, with Ryan. Ryan's here, too. And you guys, you and Michelle, Rick, are on the front lines of this because you teach these kids every day. 
Uh, so you're seeing, are you seeing this change, Michelle? Uh, are you seeing this in in the classroom now? Yeah, I think that our, our current generation is extremely concerned. They want to be proactive about it. They want to live minimalist lifestyles because they understand that consumerism has contributed to a lot of the environmental issues that they're facing. So, Rick, I, I imagine you're probably experiencing the same thing. Yeah, I, I think I am, Michelle. And at Columbia College, where oh, yeah. Michelle and I, I teach, I've had several conversations, um, and I'd probably say about six or seven over the last three years, every time there's a school shooting, I sit at the edge of the desk and I look at them. I go, okay, guys, we need to talk about this. And about two or three years ago, Mike, Peg, Michelle, these kids had blank looks on their face. They go, talk about what? What are we going to do about it? There's nothing we can do. And at times I've had, you know, students yell at me literally in class saying, why are we talking about this? We should be talking about natural disasters or meteorology because that's what I'm here for. And I'm like, no, you need to talk about this because you're in college, and that's where you get your point across. Even if someone doesn't agree with you, this is what college used to be about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because you don't have the kind of physical campus um, at a school like Columbia, most of places, or most of the places where students meet are inside. It's not like you're outside of the fountain or sitting outside, you know, waiting to go into the union or the or the or the, um, or the library. Um, or, or sitting under a tree or something like that on, on a grassy lawn or something like that. So I think it becomes a little bit more difficult, I think, for urban students to express themselves. But, but even in some of the other schools, I've had, I think, a little bit of a change to, you know what, I think we now finally have a little bit of someone else's back that we can talk about this and not feel bad about it. But I'm telling you, for the last two or three years, I have never wavered from talking about it and even at a couple of faculty meetings, I had other faculty members look at me and go, well, why are we talking about it? We shouldn't. We should, we should allow the school to set up something to, to have students you know, go and talk to them. I go, no, that's our job as college educators is to break the mold and, and ask these students what's on their mind, what are they thinking about, what do they want to talk about? Because I think sometimes they're, they're, they're afraid to. They're, they're afraid of being ostracized and I don't think they've ever seen that before in their lifetimes, but I think now that that needle is, as I mentioned before, it's it's beginning to change direction. All right. I, I'd love to talk more about this. Uh, we're going to run out of time here. I know that you're going to be helping Michelle on her journey when she goes up to Alaska. Um, uh, if you can give me maybe 30 seconds about that, and then we'll do a forecast. Um, Rick, uh, are you looking forward to it, or is it just more on your plate? <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I, I think whatever I, I agree to this stuff, it's like, okay, why am I doing this? Because I don't have the time to do it. But then I start to get into it, and I go, I'm glad I'm doing it. Um, so uh, I'm working with Michelle on giving students uh, an understanding a little bit more about um, spatial reference of, of wind and waves and, and, and ships and boats and, and things that are actually impacted uh, by science and obviously by meteorology and how it interacts with the ocean and making them realize that sometimes the things that they have um, on their plate or in their closet or what they drive is actually brought over by another country. And the fact that we're talking about trade wars and tariffs and things like that um, may make them think a little bit differently about how these things get to their to get to their uh, home. So one of the things I'll be doing with, with the students in Michelle's class in the Gulf of Alaska is actually using forecasts and graphics and GIS information to help them actually track which way ships are going to be going 
um, according to winds and waves. And speaking even speaking of weather, okay, to the scientific part of it, they'll understand the map part. You got ten seconds for a weather forecast here. <laughs> uh, cool and, and 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 sunny today. Rain tomorrow and snow next Easter Sunday. How about that? All right, sounds good. We'll talk to you later, Rick. Thanks. Until, Hi, Rick. Till next week. Go green or go, go home. Ow! How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.